Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Thursday, the 20th of January. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Emily Wither. The US president predicts that Russia will invade Ukraine again. David, I'm not so sure he has uh, certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. And the British Prime Minister continues to be accused of holding illegal lockdown parties in his home. You have sat there too long for all the good you have done. In the name of God, go. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We start in the United States, where a rare press conference hosted by President Joe Biden has raised eyebrows across the world. In an almost two-hour-long conference, the president marked his first year in office by predicting that Russia would attack Ukraine, but seemed to draw a distinction between an insertion and an invasion. I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade Ukraine and that our allies and partners are ready to impose severe costs and significant harm on Russia and the Russian economy. Although Biden warned that Russia would face tough consequences for an invasion, the Times of London's US editor, David Charter, told Times Radio that the comments have caused concern in Ukraine. This has not gone down very well in Kiev, as you might imagine. that He also seemed to make a difference between how NATO would react to a, quote, minor incursion as to a full-blown Uh, invasion. And this making a difference between different types of Russian attack, if you like, is also um, creating mayhem, I would say, within uh, Ukrainian sources uh, tonight. They think he's almost given a green light for some kind of uh, incursion from Putin. Biden also indicated that NATO allies were divided on how to respond. Just as Secretary of State Antony Blinken is due to meet European counterparts in Berlin on Thursday. Here's David Charter again. What Biden did, and as I say, he started to ramble quite a lot during this press conference, was talk. he, 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 he referred to the way that the NATO allies were, in fact, divided about uh, how to respond. And I don't think he or any... NATO leader has ever really gotten into this in public before. There's been lots of rumours and talk about it uh, behind the scenes that uh, uh, NATO allies are divided. And of course, this is one of Putin's great aims is to divide um, the NATO allies against each other. 
At the same press conference, the president defended his domestic record, claiming that he had not been overambitious when he took power last year. However, he acknowledged that he was ready to break up his Build Back Better bill and voting rights package. I'm confident we can get uh, pieces, big chunks of the uh, Build Back Better law signed into law. And I'm confident that we can take the case to the American people that the people they should be voting for who are going to oversee whether elections, in fact, are legit or not, should not be those who are being put up by the Republicans to to determine that they're going to be able to change the outcome of the election. In what was a busy day in Washington, Republican senators later used the filibuster rule to defeat the president's voting rights legislation. Reverend D. Dawkins-Hegler is a former member of Georgia's State House of Representatives and spoke to Times Radio. I believe that President Biden has done um, a fairly decent job with this um, because, you know, sometimes it's hard to change the will of the people. But I think what has happened is uh, President Biden took too long to really be as forceful as he was um, in the past week concerning this issue. Despite his woes in Washington on Wednesday, Joe Biden would have been glad he wasn't the British Prime Minister. The man in charge of enforcing rules for England to deal with the pandemic has been accused of breaking them. Not once, not twice, but several times. Boris Johnson is embroiled in an ongoing scandal concerning allegations of illegal government parties in his London residence while the country was in strict lockdowns. Dubbed Partygate, the events include a party in May 2020 in which the Prime Minister himself attended. As I said to the House last week, uh, I I apologise sincerely for uh, any misjudgments that were made. Though he admitted he was sorry, he denied he knew the party he attended broke Covid rules, which he drew up. Now Johnson may face a vote of no confidence from his own party. Reciting a line drenched in parliamentary history, first used by Oliver Cromwell in 1653 and later on by Neville Chamberlain in 1940, former Cabinet Minister David Davis addressed the House. I expect my leaders to shoulder the responsibility for the actions they take. Yesterday, he did the opposite of that. So I'll remind him of a quotation altogether too familiar to him of Leo Amory to Neville Chamberlain. You have sat there too long for all the good you have done. In the name of God, go. 54 secret letters from members of Parliament are needed to challenge Boris Johnson's leadership of the Conservative Party. It's unclear how many have been submitted, calling for his removal. Charlotte Ivers, Times Radio's chief political commentator, says it's all rather confusing. What we're seeing this time is a bunch of different ragtag groups, none of which are really communicating with each other, none of which really know what the other ones are doing all putting in their letters separately and all organising separate campaigns. That means it's quite hard to keep a track of. Anyone who tells you they know how many letters there are is lying. The only person who knows that is Sir Graham Brady and he never tells. On the way, a tragic skiing accident claims the life of a French actor and there's more controversy at the Australian Open. Times of London Daily World Briefing. There's just one month to go until the Beijing Winter Olympics get underway. But at a time when athletes should be putting final preparations in place to compete, 
They're being advised not to protest China's human rights while at the Games. It comes as Amnesty International, a non-governmental organization focused on human rights, is warning delegates attending not to become complicit in a propaganda exercise. The organization is concerned China will pursue so-called sports washing during the Games. The group has urged that there can't be a repeat of the events following the 2008 Summer Games in Beijing, when Chinese government promises of human rights improvements never materialized. An enormous iceberg, once three and a half times the size of London, has melted an incredible 152 billion tonnes of fresh water into the ocean. Studies of the huge slab of ice show it released the fresh water when it scraped past the island of South Georgia last year. Researchers from the University of Leeds in the UK have been tracking the mega iceberg known as A68A since it snapped off from an Antarctica ice shelf in 2017. To put the amount of water seeping into the ocean into context, it's enough to fill 61 million Olympic-sized swimming pools. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. Now, with the sport, here's John Jackson. The Australian Open tennis is well underway in Melbourne as questions continue over the well-being of Chinese player Peng Shui. The doubles specialist posted sexual assault allegations against a former senior politician to her social media back in November 2021. That post was subsequently deleted and she denied making the claim altogether. However, serious doubts still remain over Peng's safety, which led the Women's Tennis Association to suspend all tournaments in China. Belarusian player Victoria Azarenka is a member of the Players' Council and said on Wednesday that efforts are continuously being made to find out more about the situation. She's not alone in using her media time to ask these questions. Home favourite Ashley Barty said she's hopeful it's not too long until they see her back at tournaments, whilst fellow Australian Nick Kyrgios said obviously something wasn't right. As the tournament continues into the weekend, defending champion Japan's Naomi Osaka spoke after her second round victory and she reiterated that everyone is waiting for information. The Australian Open runs until January the 30th. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Gaspard Gulliel, one of the most acclaimed French screen actors of his generation, has died aged 37 from injuries suffered in a skiing accident in the Alps. The actor, who was set to appear in Marvel's upcoming TV series Moon Knight, made his name playing a young Hannibal Lecter in 2007 and Yves Saint Laurent in a 2014 biopic. He had been flown to hospital with brain injuries after he collided with another skier at the intersection of two medium-difficulty pistes at the La Rosier Resort on Tuesday, but died less than 24 hours later. The other skier was unharmed. Police are investigating the incident. France's finance minister paid tribute to Uliel on Twitter, writing, French cinema is losing a huge talent full of charm and energy. And finally, if you're enjoying this episode over a cup of coffee, spare a thought for Italy, where anger is brewing as the cost of an espresso rises to unprecedented levels. 
The iconic small coffee enjoyed at cafe counters and street tables across the country is rising towards €1.50. That's about $1.70. Like much of the world, Italians are struggling with a cost-of-living crisis and the price of coffee beans as a result has risen by 81% in the past year. It threatens to turn a daily ritual for $5.5 million into a luxury for the rich. Wait until they hear about the price of a Starbucks. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Thursday, the 20th of January. This podcast from The Times of London is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.